Well, I'd like to welcome you to the Change Book Radio Show. And like I say on other weeks, whether it's weather or any other means of interruption, the show must go on. So welcome to the Change Book Radio Show. This is your host, Deb Crow, passionate about work-life balance from Chile, Canada. And it's November the 1st, 2017. I'm truly honored tonight to have my meditation coach with me, Angela Conjin. And it's almost quarter to eight, so 7.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have not been able to get technology to work. So I'm just going to chalk it up to fabulous company, fabulous energy, whatever the universe has handed us, but the show must go on. So I want to welcome Angela. Angela's been in the corporate world for many, many years, but in the last 10 years, she's really focused on her coaching and her leadership and has now honed that even one level deeper and is strictly doing meditation coaching. And I'm privileged to call her my coach and we've got lots to talk about. So Angela, we are live, we have done it. I know. Thank you, Deb. I'm so excited to be on. <laughs> well, we, we will get this done and get it uploaded and get it out to the masses. I have had a lot of people ask me about my morning routine and about my meditation. And I often talk about symphonies for the mind. So I thought to myself, what better way than to bring my own coach onto the show and let you tell your own story and what you're doing to really what I think and want to call, you're shifting a paradigm, Angela. So mm -hmm. let's, start, let's start off first with the development of symphonies for the mind. Where did that idea come from and how did you decide to launch it? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on your show, Deb. Um, I'm really honored, and I'm really, really honored that you wanted to highlight my work, and you're really inspired by it. Um, I always say it's a real honor and blessing to support people like you who are up to greatness. So to answer your question about how Symphonies from the, for the Mind came out, in your really brilliant introduction of me, um, as you said, I spent a lot of years in cor corporate life before launching myself as a life and leadership coach. And I did was doing that full time in both, both uh, cor the corporate realm and the non-corporate realm. Um, and then about, I'd always been into meditation um, like for the, about the last 20, 21 years. And even when I was in the health profession, I would always integrate meditation um, into my sessions with my clients. And I saw that there was this growing intrigue and I'll say even craving meditation. I think what people were craving were, was the stillness, which they weren't uh, uh, achieving with their life. They weren't able to access. And so throughout my journey as a life and leadership coach, that's how my work around meditation and meditation came to be. I, I, I started um, having this growing sense, Deb, that throughout my coaching work, um, although I think I was a really good coach, I was only able to move the needle with people um, uh, uh, only so far, just a little bit. And what I've come to know over the last few years is it's really because I was working with people within the conscious frame of mind, state of mind. 
And I think there's enough science and evidence out there now that shares with us that says that the real juicy part where we really have to do the work on ourselves is within new levels of mind or more specifically the subconscious mind. And so what I've come to know through the science and through all the research that's being done out there is that meditation now gives us access. And I love to use that word access to the subconscious mind. And it is within the subconscious mind that we really can do the true work on ourselves. Um, you know, so that's what's really uh, been the inspiration behind my latest creation, Symphonies for the Mind. So each month, um, I introduce, I create an, an, a new and inspired meditation. I call them Symphonies for the Mind because they're very inspiring. They're very creative. And these meditations each month are around a new theme of personal growth and transformation. And then people use the symphonies or meditate slash meditations over the course of 30 days to do the work on themselves, but now within a new level of mind, the subconscious mind. So it's got me so fired up because I get to meet and support all these people like you who are up to new levels of greatness. And I know that my gift, my contribution is to help them access that new level of mind through meditation. I call meditation the, the missing link. So that's why I'm so excited about it. So thank you for mentioning it and uh, allowing me to talk about it. Well, you, you know, I'm your biggest fan and this is, <laughs> this is going to sound coy, but you truly have the perfect voice to be leading meditations. And thank you. I know that you and I, you know, we've talked in, in great length, Angela, about the many benefits, the science, the scientific benefits and just the science behind it. But you and I are both lovers of neurology and, and love to see people with neurotrauma come through. And this is a modality that works and it does change the brain. But mm -hmm. I want to just make this podcast tonight personal because I had a big surgery in May and I spoke to you about it before and you put a meditation together for me. And I want the listeners to know, especially middle-aged women, when things are changing, that like you teach us in all of the meditations, just because it is doesn't mean it has to be. So I went into that serious surgery with an open mind already healing myself. And as soon as I came out of that surgery, the iPhone earbuds were in my ears and you were in my, in my mind, even though I wasn't fully present with you, you were mm -hmm. talking to my subconscious. And I know that committing to that for four hours a day for 10 days, I know that that really expedited my healing. And then you transitioned me into a visualization and it's almost like, you have that intuitive sense and know five steps ahead of me what I needed to do and all of the ailments that I should have had and I could have and I would have, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, I have had none. And mm -hmm. I was in a symposium with other women who had had this uh, serious invasive surgery and they chose to just go with the norm, if you will, when I chose to not, 
And I just find on such a deep level that when you can program and have that deep one-on-one -on -one personal conversation through meditation with your subconscious, why wouldn't everybody want to do this, Angela? Well, um, I love your story, Deb. I love your story of healing. You know, I have this vision. Well, now from being inspired by the science, I truly believe that the first step to healing, new levels of health and healing, begins with a calm brain and mind. And the reason for that, Deb, um, is that when, as soon as you shift the brain or you calm the brain, the brain is now sending signals to the rest of the body. You're shifting out of survival mode in what in into what is called creation mode. And in your sense, through your with your story, Deb, so through meditation, you were signaling the body, uh, the brain, your brain was starting to signal to the rest of the body's healing systems, engage, engage, engage. And so what the brain was and mind was essentially helping you do through meditation is just that, heal. Because the brain was sending signals throughout the body, it's time to heal. When we're, you know, when we're, when we go through uh, something like what you went through, uh, surgery, uh, a medical procedure, the brain, it's very easy for us to shift, obviously, into fear mode. You know, we're afraid, of course. This is a, a new, uh, you know, thing that we're embarking on. Uh, we're afraid of the outcomes. But, and so, no wonder for many of us, the healing process can take a lot of time. But in your case, Deb, what you chose to intentionally do, I mean, I could have given you the meditation and you could have not taken action, but what you chose to intentionally do, which I truly believe sped up your healing, is that you calmed your brain and mind through meditation, thus signaling the body's healing systems, hey, I need you right now. I'm in healing mode. You shifted out of survival and into creation mode. So I love your story, Deb, because you're evidence that, that this works. And I envision a day, and I'm actually collaborating on a book with this, where the first step for any practitioner, whether traditional or non-traditional, is to give a 30-day prescription for meditation to a patient saying, I need you to call, calm your brain and mind first, and then we'll, we'll see what, what else you need. Like, I just see it. I, I'm so inspired by that vision. Well, and wouldn't it be nice to see prescription pads with the big R and the little X just have the doctor's messy handwriting that says 30 days of meditation and still use the medical term PRN or however they want to yes. dictate the dosage. And you know what? I, I would love to see it happen. And it's one of those things, Angela, with anything that's non-pharma, it always comes with a barrier and it's a person's own choice. Much mm -hmm. like post-surgery, I didn't want a lot of medication. I didn't have pain. I was not the norm. And it was because of the deep-seated work that I did before I even went into the hospital. And I just mm -hmm. think, I also think that I did a lot of self-talk around happiness because like you, we are both very happy, upbeat, gregarious women, but I wanted to go into that operation with my serotonin and my dopamine levels off the chain and just have all those endorphins just flowing during surgery. So when it was done, it was so like, okay, let the healing begin. <laughs> so you gave, you, you're, you gave yourself a, a, like 
a, a double whammy of like all that positive self-talk plus the meditation. You know, that's amazing, Deb. But, and you know, you said something with the medical profession. I'm not opposed to uh, pharmaceuticals and things like that. I mean, that was my background for 17 years. I'm not opposed to that. I just believe that we're over-medicating instead of, and you know, instead of really pot, what, pausing to think about what would be the best course of action for this individual in front of me. And a lot of times, too, when we're medicating someone, and they're in survival mode, I truly believe that we're not actually not optimizing the, you know, that particular medication. Because, you know, and, and, and that goes for supplements as well. I really believe that if, if you're in survival mode, and your body's health and healing systems aren't functioning optimally, and they can't be in survival mode, then it doesn't matter if you're drinking buckets of wheatgrass, for goodness sakes. You're not really optimizing the intake of that substance, if that makes sense. So well, I'm, not here to I'm not here to oppose one modality or the other, drugs or supplements. I'm just here to optimize, to help people optimize whatever course of treatment that they're going that they're that they're leaning towards and I believe the first line of therapy should be to calm the brain and mind that's it that's that's so I can envision that day where that 30-day prescription is being written written by both traditional and non-traditional practice practitioners I'm so inspired by it oh I agree with you and I I think there's a place for many and and you know my love for hospice and and I have volunteered there for a couple of years and it's interesting because at the end of life, some people opt for meditation and others opt for the medication and they both right. land up calming the mind and body just in two different ways. Two different ways. You're right. You're right. And I begin, I, I, and that is a great, great um, thing, statement right there, dad, because I believe all greatness begins with a calmer brain and mind. And so you're right, whether you shifted into a calmer brain or mind mode through medication um, or meditation, I think meditation is a, a lot more and in, less invasive, but you know, both of them created the same outcome. Now, let me ask you on a professional level and a personal level, it's kind of a two pronged question. What led you to leave the corporate world and did you, did you fall into meditating on your own accord to realize the depths of what it did for you or what was the shift to make you have the pivot out of the corporate world and now become so specialized in what you're doing as a meditation coach? Well, very good question. Uh, my shift out of the corporate world, so I was in the pharmaceutical corporate world and um, after, you know, after a, a few years in that environment, um, I had this growing sense that I just didn't believe in what I was doing. And it, it's not that I'm totally opposed to medication and drugs and things like that. I think we've made great advances in medicine and in the medical world. I just didn't believe in what I was doing. I didn't believe in over-promoting drugs and pharmaceuticals to physicians, and I believe that we're over-medicated. I believe it's this quick-fix solution, just take this drug, and 
it was becoming very apparent to me that that world did not align with my values. And I was, I was, as I was doing more and more work on myself, I was becoming more aware of what my own values were. And so that's where I started to get back into the health and fitness realm. I started doing a lot of fitness and personal training. And I then in that, you know, so I always had a passion for health. Um, but then in that realm, I also in, was starting to introduce different things to my clients. I'd always been into meditation myself. I'd, I'd pract, I've practiced yoga and meditation for over 25 years. So it was natural for me to want to introduce people that I was working with, uh, whether it was in a fitness realm or then as I got moved into coaching, um, I was also introducing it. And as I stated at the onset of this interview, although in, when I started in the, on the, in my, with my coaching work, I was, you know, calling myself a life and leadership coach. Um, again, I felt like I was only able to help people, um, to a certain extent. And it was because I was just working within that conscious state of mind. I wasn't helping them access new levels of mind. I wasn't helping them access a deeper state where they could really, really do the work. And that's where I've been so excited to now in the last few years, just focus on meditation. And it's funny how it came about because my life partner, Jerry Visca, who's a, who's known internationally as the why guy, he speaks all over the world. He started asking me to open up his events with a meditation. And so I started doing it and it just started flowing for me. And then people started saying, Hey, just like you said, Deb, I love your voice. Um, can you record that? And the rest is history, Deb. And I just know I'm meant to be doing this in the world. Oh, I agree with you. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. And I want to talk about how you get to the different themes. Is that coming from you meditating to decide what will be the next one? And are, are you working months in advance or how are you tailoring and developing that? That's a really good question as well. Um, one of my inspirations behind Symphonies for the Mind is I believe we're all very connected and we're all very similar in terms of, you know, the kinds of things that we need to be working on, you know? Um, and so the themes for, uh, for symphonies for the mind, they do sometimes come through my own meditations. They come through, uh, they might come through some the materials that I read, you know, I'm very inspired by, you know, um, scientists like Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, meditation teachers like David G. And of course, um, A Course in Miracles, Marianne Williamson constantly inspires me. So it might come from something I'm reading, Deb. It also might come from something I'm working on myself. You know, I might be one month, for example, this next symphony for November is all around belief, new levels of belief. I know for myself, in order to step into new levels of greatness, uh, the work that I believe the universe is asking of me requires new levels of belief, not the current levels of belief I have, but new levels of belief. And so as these themes come to me, I know that they will 
they also will serve the people that are on the symphonies for the mind journey. And every time that happens, Deb, uh, like last night, last month was a daily dose of self-love. I know we can all be working on getting better in that area. You know, so it's funny, but where all these themes just deeply resonate with one individual as well as all of us, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And I wanted you to let the listeners know how they can get a hold of you. And you actually have an MP3 sampling on your website. So can you let us know your website and just what you've developed to give people a little insight and a little taste of your meditations that you have on there? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking that. So my website is www.angelacontgen.com. T is in Tom, G is in George, en.com. And on that uh, website, I have an audio download, which is, it's my meditation album, which is called Everyday Meditation, Five Meditations for Everyday Life. And I created that as a starting point for people to really start cultivating the daily habit of meditation. I usually don't suggest that people start with symphonies for the mind if they don't already have some sort of meditation practice. And so I always suggest that they get, if, they, if they're not, I suggest that people start with guided meditations. I still use them and love them. And so the Everyday Meditations album is a great starting point for people to start cultivating the daily, daily habit. Um, on, that, on, on the audio downloads portion of my website, Deb, you can listen for about a minute to the individual tracks, um, and then you can download the album in a digital format. But you can also buy it as a CD if you go to the shop. And then on my website, I've got a page that's called Symphonies for the Mind. Symphonies for the Mind is subscription-based, so every month it's $30. And I think, and I know this isn't coming from ego, for what you receive from for symphonies, and that also comes with personal coaching for me and you know the monthly inspirational calls I think it's probably the best $30 you'll spend every month and plus you'll get that inspiring meditation around a theme of personal change so I'll let you describe if it's a really good um, investment of $30 a month into yourself. <laughs> oh, it's a great investment. And I mean, most months have 30 days. So to spend a dollar a day on self-care and self-love, uh, most people are lining up for five and $7 lattes. So to spend yes. a dollar on your, on your subconscious mind to reprogram repro it every day, it's a no brainer. I think yeah. really lack the insight and depth of the true meaning and benefits of meditation. To me, I think meditation, stress, and health should all be in the same sentence. Because like mm -hmm. you said, it's such a simple technique. And even if you only have as few as 10 minutes a day, people can control their stress, they can decrease their anxiety, it helps with your improvement of cardiovascular health, and it just helps you achieve a greater capacity for relaxation. And a great example is here we are all ready to go live on our 7 p.m. podcast. And you can hear me and I couldn't hear you. You're laughing. I'm laughing. I, even, I don't even get upset anymore, Angela. Like it's just like 
okay, I'm just going to check in here. I'm checking all the cords. Everything on my end is working. And then we go to connect and then we're texting each other and you're laughing and I'm laughing. And I, it, it's the point that I'm trying to make is when you have a calm mind and you give back mm -hmm. to that every day, there's no, there's no reaction to anything. You just kind of pause in the moment and go, okay, I guess we're having some technical difficulty. And we just found another way to do it and did it a few yep. minutes later and now we're laughing about it. So it just, well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that Deb, because studies show that uh, meditation meditators have a higher sense of emotional resilience. So your ability to manage yourself, handle yourself under stress. And when I talk to clients who have been, I've helped meditate for a few months, I ask them, what are you noticing? And that's definitely one area they're noticing. They're less reactive. They don't allow their emotions to spiral out of control as much, or they can reel them back in more easily. So that's a really great benefit of meditation. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. And I know, um, I'm probably not going to pronounce his name properly, but I think uh, it's Nara Simhan, if I'm saying that right. And he calls meditation is the mind without agitation. And mm, that's beautiful. It's, it's one of the eight uh, elements within the pillars of yoga that we have learned. And again, meditation is one of many things as you know i love working out and moving every day i love doing yoga and i know that you're a proponent for not just picking one thing as long as we're moving our body and giving back that little bit of meditation time daily those two together are just a win-win for huge health huge longevity and there's so much science-based studies out there I know when I first started with your symphonies for the mind, I was just so intrigued and started reading different articles. And the, the one website that I was on was saying that there was over a hundred studies that were, that had analyzed people that had different types of medical ailments and how they were getting off medication. And like you said, it's the foundation of our being. It's, it's the main, it's the hard drive that runs our body. So if we have Definitely. it, you know, optimi optimally and efficiently, then everything else just kind of ebbs and flows. And I think yeah. a real premise, and I think you're going to make a real footprint, Angela, with people who really suffer with mental health, because I look at our age group, and when we were young, we didn't have the mental health that is so rancid in our society now amongst the young children. And do you think that technology has played a part in that? Um, I, I would have to say yes. I mean, you know, uh, I guess, you know, there'll be studies out there that counter that and the technology has not had an impact on, you know, our, our younger generation and things, but I do, I think it has, they say today, People have the attention span of that of, well, a, a goldfish, not even a, go a goldfish actually has a higher attention span than we do. So we have one of about less than eight seconds. And studies show that, you know, our mind is distracted about 50% of the time. 
but I think it's even higher. Um, you know, when you add in texting, email, uh, you know, social media, I just think our minds are constantly distracted, constantly overwhelmed. And no wonder we have people out there, you know, that feel this sense of, you know, like loss, uh, you know, uh, a low grade sadness or depression, like you don't even have to have a, a full on uh, feeling of depression. I think a lot of people around out there are walking around with what I call low grade states of sadness and depression. And I think all this distraction out there is just adding to it. Oh, I agree with you. And I'm, I'm one of those people that really love the sun. And I have mm. found that since I've been meditating, because it's been about four months for me, I think we're on month four or month five. Is this month five of symphonies I think we're on? It is, it is, yes. So I'm going into my fifth month, and I find on the days where we don't have any sun, because we're in that part of Canada, unfortunately, southwestern Ontario, that sometimes it feels like we live in England. And mm -hmm. it's those dark, wintry days, because we really haven't had a, a fall we kind of had summer and then we had summer and then we didn't have fall. And now I think we're having pre-winter. I'm not sure, but I just, I think so. My mood is not as effective. And I know when I was going to university and learning about the brain, I do remember learning that there was a study, I think it was out of UCLA that long-term uh, people that had meditated had better preserved brains as they aged than people who had never meditated at all. And I really oh, found that cutting out, Deb. I found that really intriguing. Did you hear that? You still there? Well, I'm Oh, this is crazy. Hello. You still there? I'm still there, Deb. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the energy wave. We were cutting out. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm putting it out to all the good energy we're putting out on the airwaves. Okay, you're good. We still okay? We're putting way too much energy out there. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still here. So I just wanted to do a recap. And how do people join your symphonies of the mind, Angela? They Well, they just um, go to AngelaConkin.com and they go to the symphonies for the mind page and they hit subscribe and they'll hear from me immediately. Um, I hold a monthly inspiration call usually to uh, inspire people around the theme for that month, how this will elevate and free their mind and help them to optimize their mind, to use it, to create, and then also offer coaching tips on how to integrate this month. Have I still got you? I, you still got me. 
Well, I'm going to put that link in our episode description so people can do that. And Angela, you know that I am a huge fan and I love Symphonies for the Mind and I'm excited for this one coming out in November, All Around Belief and uh, just love being aligned with you and the work you're doing. And I just want to thank you for coming on the Changebook radio show and uh, just keep shining your light. Thank you so much, Deb. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, you know, I love how we handled some of the technical difficulties together. We just kind of rolled with it. And um, it was fun. And thank you for your belief in my work and for allowing me to support your greatness through this uh, creation that's called Symphonies for the Mind. So thank you. It's my pleasure. You have a great night, Angela. And thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome, Deb. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.